0: without diet deprivation and self-sabotage. Hi everyone, I want to wish you a very warm welcome to podcast episode number 32, when dinner is the highlight of your day. So how are you? How are you doing? I've been a bit all over the place this week for a few reasons. The first is that we put our house on the market. It's a house we absolutely love. My parents bought this house 40 years ago. It's a 17th century farmhouse and it's been our family home, that is my husband Jonathan and our two children James and Scarlett and our furry pets as well our dogs for the past 15 years and we all love it but it's very remote, there's no public transport and given that my husband was told at the end of last year that he can't drive for medical reasons we want to move. I want him to have his independence and to be honest now that the children are older there are going to be lots of other benefits of moving into town. So, having spent the last few weeks getting everything organized to put it on the market, now that it's on the market, I realize the next steps are totally outside of my control. And that, along with the fact that we love it so much, has left me feeling a little bit out of sorts. And it's also a year ago, actually, this week, that my husband had his stroke. That was his second stroke. But this one was a bit scarier and more debilitating than the first. So, that's been on my mind a bit too. And then I had one of those moments where if you don't laugh, you'll cry on Monday almost halfway out of the door to take my daughter to school and my son informs me he doesn't feel well. So being the COVID cautious person that I am, I took his temperature only to find that it was way, way higher than it should have been. So literally had to sort of pull my daughter back as she was about to get in the car and say, we're not going anywhere. Long story short, it's not COVID, but a nasty case of tonsillitis. So she's now back in school, but he's still recuperating at home. An eventful week so far. Uh, lots for me to think about and I'll get on with the podcast episode now. So let me get on with it. What I want to talk to you about today is the idea that when dinner or food or any eating or drinking is the highlight of your day, then you're going to want to figure out what's going on for you. I used to feel as though dinner was the highlight of my day. Now I probably didn't consciously know this at the time, but what I do remember is feeling that the day was hard, difficult or miserable when I was trying to diet and didn't get my joy, pleasure, comfort fix from the food that I ate either at dinner or as a part of my after-dinner snack routine. I can also remember thinking that weekends were no fun when I was on a diet because there was nothing to look forward to and now I think that that's sad and I also totally understand it. I can still relate to all those past thoughts and feelings because, whilst I know what to do with them now, they are still close to the surface. I can still sense what it's like to think and feel like that. And what I mean by that is to have an emphasis on using food for pleasure, comfort, and joy. So, what was going on for me then was that, as I said, I was getting either pleasure or comfort or joy or some other positive emotion. Either directly from food or from associated eating or drinking. So maybe it was having drinks on a Friday night with my husband. It felt like relaxing. It felt like chilling out. It felt like moments of connection, but it was very much centered around eating and or drinking. And because I put so much emphasis on food in my life, it would be easy to think that maybe I had a bad life, but the opposite was true. I had a lovely home, as I just mentioned to you earlier. I had two healthy, amazing children. I had a good job that I enjoyed for the most part. A husband with whom I get on great for the most part. I had my children's grandparents close by and they would help with childcare. In the big scheme of things, I had it all. I had it perfectly. So why then did it feel as though the biggest pleasures in my life were associated with food and eating? And I think this is a complex question to answer. Whilst I think a part of it was upbringing, food had always been an important part of my parents' lives. I think also another part of it was not knowing how to be intentional about what I was thinking and feeling. You see, back then, or even just five years ago, I had no clue what my thoughts and feelings and emotions even were. I had no knowledge of mindfulness and mindset and that we as humans can decide how we want to think and feel about things. I found being a full-time working mum tough. And I was determined that the kids shouldn't miss out on anything because I worked. And also, I didn't want to miss out on enjoying them doing their things because I worked. So what that meant is that I ended up trying to do it all. My son was a swimmer. Now, if any of you listening know, you know what a commitment that is. It means early morning swimming a couple of times a week, plus maybe three evening swims a week. It means spending weekends at galas and things like that, and also swimming was not his first sport; that was his second sport after rugby. So we were constantly between either hot swimming pools or cold rugby pitches. And some of it I absolutely loved. I loved the rugby matches and the swimming galas and other aspects of it. I really didn't love some of it; felt quite tedious. Anyway, I'm getting distracted. The point is, there were times where everything felt exhausting and difficult, as though the only time I got to relax was when I ate. And so I want you to reflect, if you drew up a list of things that you did or that you are doing today and you have breakfast, lunch and dinner and any snacks on there and you put everything in order of how much you enjoy those things, where would the food and snacks come in? By the way, I don't mean making dinner, I mean eating it. Okay, so if you're thinking about the things that you've done today and you think about when you're sitting down and eating, where about do they come on the list of you enjoying things, being pleasurable, things that you would associate positively. There used to be a vast difference for me between making dinner and eating dinner. Making dinner wasn't something that I enjoyed, but eating dinner certainly was. Anyway, now if this is something you can relate to, if you think that you have overly positive associations with food and eating compared to other aspects of your life, I want you to know that it's not because there's anything wrong with your life. You've likely just created the habit of using food to feel better. And possibly like me, you've never even thought or never given thought to how you're thinking and feeling as you go about your day. And you have perhaps never wondered whether you could if you wanted to think and feel differently. Now, as I say that, I will appreciate, of course, there will be some of you that think that your life isn't the life that you want. And so I'm not saying, of course, that that's not the case. But what I want you to know is that just because you might be thinking and feeling negatively about your life doesn't necessarily mean that you should change it or that you want to change it and this is really where I want to bring up the topic of life coaching if you've been listening for a while you may know that it was when I discovered life coaching tools that I was able to start making changes to how I was eating and I knew that they would be lifelong changes and these life coaching tools weren't as I would probably have thought myself they weren't about learning how to make changes in my life They were about learning how to love the life I was already living even more than I already did. And of course, what I discovered is that when you do that, when you learn how to think and feel differently about the life you are living without changing it in order to think and feel differently, you ultimately create positive change. So by learning how to think differently about the life you're living, you create more positive things in your life. You create more opportunities in your life. So I can sort of use my journey as an example here. I guess it's the ultimate example. So where I found myself spending many hours in a car each week, so this is sort of going back, I guess, maybe five years ago, four, four years ago, maybe, I was spending many hours in a car each week, and I'd been thinking about what a waste of time that would be and feeling frustrated and bored at the prospect. And so I decided to dig into some podcasts and put that time to good use unknowingly I was changing how I thought and felt about many hours spent driving each week and these changes led me to life coaching tools that led me to changing my relationship with food and once I learned to think and feel differently about food I lost my weight and saw what was possible with these life coaching tools too and so I decided I wanted to help other women do the same and that's ultimately how I ended up transitioning from working with large global businesses to helping women who want to improve their physical and emotional well-being okay so notice by approaching my car journey differently by consciously deciding and I wasn't aware that I was changing my thoughts and feelings here but by thinking differently about what I was going to use that time in my car for I created this whole new trajectory in my life. And of course, I just love that I'm doing this now. It truly feels like I'm doing what I was meant to do. I always wanted to help people. I always wanted to help people get better and heal. When I was between the ages of 16 and 18, I wanted to be a doctor, but I messed up my A-levels and ended up following a corporate path instead. And that was until I decided to use that dead time in my car to learn something new. And it's brought me to this point here, which is just fantastic. So just let me recap. If you suspect that your food and eating has a greater significance in your life than is useful, you don't need to change your life. You can simply change how you perceive it. Be curious about your thoughts and feelings about your day and ask yourself whether thinking and feeling the way that you do makes your life good and easy or freeing or whatever you want it to be. Or does it make your life tedious or difficult or draining or boring? And of course, also explore the other side of the coin. Why are you relying on food so much to make your day better? Is it born out of your upbringing? Are the food and snacks as pleasurable as you think they are? Are you associating food and drink with other things that bring you joy or allow you to momentarily escape what is being difficult about being you? Often we incorporate food and drink into our relationships in certain ways that makes it difficult for us to separate the two. So reflect. Ask yourself, when did these habits and behaviours start? What can you remember? Be curious, explore them with compassion. I can certainly remember that pre-children, commuting into London, I would normally convince my husband to grab a quick Indian meal with me on a Thursday evening. I would tell myself I was exhausted and didn't want to cook and the idea of only having to face one day of work after an evening of heavy eating and having a drink I was never a big drinker, but I wouldn't feel 100% after a couple of glasses of wine. So the idea of getting through just Friday before the weekend was feasible, but drinking, eating like that earlier in the week wouldn't have been. So food that even then was my escape from feeling tired, worn out. Notice the pattern here. This is before children. It was my escape from something that just wasn't about work or tidying the house or doing the admin or watching TV which back then, let's face it, didn't have the options that it does today. So what can you do if you find yourself living in the belief that life is hard or difficult or no fun, or not even being aware of how you're thinking and feeling about your life, but knowing that maybe you're using food for more than fuel and nourishment and not in a way that is working for you. And if you don't even know how you are living, check in and ask yourself, Ask yourself, how do I feel right now? Ask yourself, how am I feeling right now today? Is Am I feeling good? Do I have thoughts that this is a good day or not so good day? What's going on for me? Ask yourself those questions. And if you can, a couple of times a day as well. Notice if you feel good or bad, positive or negative, and then seek to expand your emotional vocabulary from there. Ask yourself, why am I feeling that way? What am I thinking? Why am I thinking that And this isn't about figuring it all out in one go. Here are some tips, some ways to approach it, things that you can do that may help. So number one, be curious about the importance of food and eating in your life. Observe yourself as you go throughout your day and notice how you are feeling. See how much emphasis you put on food and eating. How much do you anticipate enjoying dinner or snacks at certain times of the day? How would you feel if you didn't have these? I'm putting physical hunger aside, by the way, for this. So assuming you're not physically hungry, how would you feel about not having your snacks that you normally have throughout your day or your evening meal? Be curious about that. Think about would you still want to eat and ask yourself why. Something else that you can do, number two, put pen to paper. When you can write down all the things I mentioned above, you can come back to them and reflect and explore further. Writing everything down enables you to get out of your own head and observe and question everything more objectively. Number three, give yourself grace, time, curiosity and compassion. It's all too easy to start judging ourselves and feel frustrated when we start observing our patterns of thinking and feeling. When we start looking, we may see things that we didn't even know were there. We may be irritated by uncovering ways in which we've been making life more difficult for ourselves. I really encourage you to not do that. Let the judgment go. And lastly, make one change at a time. You don't need to reframe your thinking to help yourself feel better about your whole day. You can start with just one small part of it. Maybe you've noticed that you feel tense and irritated during your morning commute. Whether it's other travellers, the transport system or your own inability to get out of the door five minutes earlier. You can start with shifting your focus. Notice the weather and the changing seasons or put on some uplifting music or even listen to a podcast, whether for fun or enlightenment. Or you could just practice just being. You could focus on your breathing. Whatever you decide, notice how you feel differently and then repeat the practice. Stick with being curious about how you can use your morning commute as an opportunity to feel better until it happens naturally without you needing to manufacture it then think about what you want to explore next is there a work is there a weekly work meeting that always gets you het up maybe you can explore what's going on for you there okay so that's what I have for you today thank you for listening have an amazing week and take care if you enjoyed listening to this podcast and are ready to live a more intentional life lose weight as a part of that journey and create a relationship with food and yourself that you love then I would be honoured to be your coach there are two ways that you can work with me you can join my monthly membership programme, My One Life Academy that gives you self-paced learning supported by twice weekly live calls and a whole lot more or you can join the waiting list for my next six month lose weight, live life group coaching mastermind intensive go to www.thebestyou.coach forward slash coaching to find out all the details.